Today on Locked on Blue Jackets, we are doing the last of our forward season reviews. Uh, we're going to be talking about number 96 himself, owner of a brand new contract extension this offseason. We're going to talk about Jack Rostovic, how his season was, what he needs to do next season to hit that next level, and uh, how his contract could turn out. That's all coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you the news, the stories, the trials, the tribulations, and everything in between of your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, and uh, we're also over on YouTube, so uh, make sure you check us out over there. Free and available, literally everywhere. You're never going to have to get behind paywall for a locked-on product. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. So uh, let's start by talking about Jack Rossovic's season because he had a pretty darn good one. Um, this is his second full, full, mostly full season with the Blue Jackets. Uh, he played, I think, most, if not all, of the season post-trade uh, last season. So he was, he was actually, I believe, skating in Columbus because he hadn't signed his uh, RFA extension with Winnipeg before the trade. So he was just like skating in columbus already so didn't even have to get on a plane didn't have to get through immigration obviously american player anyway but uh while it took patrick line a little bit longer to get here jack rossovic basically just kind of drove in from where he was living in uh i don't know dublin or new albany or wherever um wherever jack rossovic was living but uh yeah he had a really good start to his blue jackets career um honestly he might have been the best player immediately post-trade. Um, I think both Patrick Lyon and Pierre Lujbois would agree that they didn't have great seasons last season um, between injuries, between new teams, between, you know, kind of everything. Um, Jack Rosvick actually led the three players in points. He had 34 points in 48 games in his first uh, season with the Blue Jackets, which was a career high at the time. He only had 12 goals, but that's fine. Uh, he almost doubled his goal total. This season, he doubled, he almost doubled his career high as well. His previous career high was 12. Uh, this just this season just gone, he had 22 goals in 81 games. And uh, he, he finished the season really strong, actually. Um, he kind of had a slow-ish start. But uh, when Patrick Laine came back, he played on his line for a little while and then after Patrick Liner was injured for some reason Jack Rostovic just really turned turned it on um had a bunch of multi-goal games towards the end of the season obviously hit 20 goals for the first time in his career um ended up finishing the season with 45 points in 81 games which I'm pretty pretty happy with honestly uh, I don't I don't mind that at all and uh he started kind of laying the groundwork for 
this upcoming season. Um, obviously, it was a contract year for him, so he was playing for that as well. Um, he ended up signing his contract. I think he was one of the first RFAs to get extended, if not the first RFA to get extended. Uh, he's going to be making $4 million for the next two years. Uh, he'll be a UFA after that. So I don't necessarily love that we've basically walked him right to UFA status, but uh, he's... He's here. He's here for the next two years. And honestly, with the center depth that the Blue Jackets have at the minute, like that's that that's it's wide open, basically, uh, for Russellvik to turn up at training camp, put in a really strong showing, and potentially get the job of playing in between Line and Goudreau, because I think that's gonna be the place that every center wants to play this season and you know there's a i don't know that the blue jackets have a true number one center at the minute they definitely have a bunch of second line or third line centers uh that could probably do the job and you know i've talked about this before about you know do we really need a top line center when your two wingers are elite like line a and gaudreau and the answer is probably yes but i feel like you could do a pretty darn good job plugging one of the second line centers that the blue jackets have in that spot and just kind of Hoping for the best. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, and that's something that I'm going to look at Jack Rostovic for um, kind of in training camp throughout the preseason. Uh, I assume that uh, Brad Larson is going to start a bunch of different centers between those guys. Um, obviously, there's there's Rostovic, there's Cole Sillinger, there's Boone Jenner. Um, those are all guys that I would look at to potentially... Uh, fill that spot. Uh, my personal preference, I think, would be Jenna, just because I think that's a really good fit. But if Russellvik plays the way that he kind of finished the season with the Blue Jackets this year, like I wouldn't have a problem with him being our number one center at all. Um, especially as previously mentioned, when you have two guys like Line and Gaudreau, I feel like you could probably put literally anyone between them, and it would probably be fine. So uh, that's kind of. That's kind of what I've been looking at so far. Um, in a minute, we're going to take a quick look, kind of a little bit deeper into that, look at some more of Jack Rostovic's stats from this season, see if he could be a viable option for that number one center spot. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online because it's the easiest and the fastest way to check on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find news and reviews of every league, including Major League Baseball. Uh, the NFL is starting up soon. Uh, the NBA is probably back soon. It feels like it's about NBA time. Uh, the NHL, combat sports, esports, uh, even things like golf. Uh, the women's Euros have just finished, and uh, my uh, my girls won. So I should probably have put some money on that. And I could have done that at Bet Online because it continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from uh, live in-game betting, sports scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered for all of that. So head to Bet Online today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today, because Bet Online is where the game starts. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, something that concerns me a little bit with Jack Rosovic taking that 1C spot uh and that is his face-off percentage um he finished the season at 43.51 percent which is not great it's better than last season uh but his season best is 40 is just over 47 percent which is not not great honestly if you're i want 
Mundaborn Center to be winning at least 50% of the draws at a minimum. And unfortunately, Jack Roslovic doesn't look like he can do that. And that's really kind of the main the main thing for playing between Gaudreau and Line A is you need to be able to win face-offs because you need to give them the puck. Gaudreau is a pretty good uh, defensive guy, two-way guy. So, like, I can trust, I can kind of see, okay, you could probably get the puck back. Uh, a guy like Line A, I don't know that he's going to be forechecking or back-checking super hard, um, which is fine. We don't have Line A to back-check. You know, that's what other players are for. Line A is there to score goals. And uh, it could get a little bit interesting if the Blue Jackets are not winning enough face-offs to get the puck to those guys because I feel like that's that's going to be the big thing this season is how easy can we make it to get the puck to Gaudreau who can then get the puck to Line A and then Line A can have a 50-goal season. Johnny Gaudreau can have another 115-point season. Uh, I said 50-point season. I meant 50-goal season for uh, for Line A because why not dream big, you know? Um, it's, it is what it is. Um, and that is that is the kind of the main thing that concerns me for Jack Rosovic is his face-offs are just not very good. And that's kind of why I think Boone Jenner is the guy that's probably going to get the first shot and the best shot between Lion and Gaudreau. His face-offs are probably, I think, among the best on the team. And he's kind of become that Brandon Dabinsky type player of he will take important face-offs and then get the heck off the ice and put someone else on. Um, so I would be... Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Boone Jenner do that and then immediately swap with Jack Rostovic. I could see a world in which that works, but again, that doesn't always work out. Sometimes Jenner will get stuck on the ice and then there go your line combinations for the next kind of four shifts. So it feels like it's a risky game to play. So at the end of the day, would I like to see Jack Rostovic as that one C? Sure. I, do I think he's kind of capable offensively? Yes. He's not super terrible defensively. It's not something that I kind of really look at for Roslovic's game, but the face-offs is really the thing that's that's concerning me, honestly. Um, and that's something that, I mean, he might come into camp and have, a, and that's what he's done all season. This He's been working on his face-offs and he comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm Patrice Bergeron now. I'm going to have a 60% face-off winning percentage. Seems unlikely, but if it does happen, then more than happy to have him on that top line. But Again, I kind of I feel like I've said this about 17 million times this episode. The thing I want from a center between those two guys is face-offs, the ability to start the play with the puck, because then you don't have to go get the puck. You don't have to waste time forechecking, back-checking, hitting, whatever. You can just get the puck to those guys and profit. Like, you want those guys to have the puck as much as humanly possible, and they need a center that can kind of... Um, not manifest that, but can I don't know what I don't know what the word is I want. Like manifest, but not magic. Um, a guy that can facilitate, who can facilitate facilitate getting them the puck as easily as possible. Jack Rostovic could be that guy. I don't necessarily think that he is. Uh in a minute, we're gonna talk a little bit about his contract, what that looks like, and uh, how that could kind of maybe impact situations down the road. Uh, that's what's coming next on Locked on Blue Jackets. So I mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, Jack Rostovic is making $4 million for the next two seasons, which is uh, a pretty a pretty hefty bump from his, next, his last contract. Uh, his last contract, he was making uh, just over $2 million. Uh, it was 
1.8, it was like 1.838362 dollars, uh, million dollars. Like it's a basically 1.8 dollars, 1.8 million dollars. I'm sorry, am I, uh, numbers are hard, okay? Math is difficult, reading numbers is hard, but the point is he has basically doubled his salary, um, which I think, yeah, probably probably deserved. He had a really good season last season, and obviously, you know, a contract year is important. That's that's why I think uh, Johnny Cadro got the money that he did because he had this hundred point season in a contract year, and sometimes that's how sometimes that's how it goes. Uh, so yeah, do I think he maybe overperformed a little bit this season? But because it's contract season, it you know it all works out. But I don't necessarily think if he'd had a slightly less good season, he probably wouldn't be making $4 million, if that makes sense. That's a very a really roundabout way of saying, yeah, did he overperform? Sure. Is he being overpaid? Probably a little bit. But at the end of the day, I don't I don't hate this contract, um, especially because, worst case scenario, it's, it's two years. Um, the Blue Jackets have two years as well. Like this, this next two years is going to be kind of a bit of a weird one for the Blue Jackets uh, because they're current contract options like are either locked up long term like Gaudreau, Line, uh, Wierenski, um Cabranson regrettably uh, Adeboquist is locked up for the next three years obviously Elvis is locked up for the next five years Jenner's locked up for the next four um, it's all like one half of the Blue Jackets is locked up for the next three to five or more years, obviously seven years in the case of Johnny Gaudreau, or you've got guys like Sillinger, Johnson, who are on their ELCs at the minute. They've had one year of it, so they've got two years until... The two-year contract is uh, probably probably the most likely to, uh, or it's probably the most helpful for the GMs, shall we say? I think that's that's probably the 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 least roundabout possible way of saying it. Despite the fact that I have rambled on for like three minutes about the next two years of contracts, but it, uh, yeah, I don't like. I say I don't. I don't have a problem with the contract. Uh, is it a little bit too much? Yes, I was surprised it was only two years, though. So, like, I am okay with overpaying a little bit in terms of term for a shorter contract. That being said, I do love... He's a local boy. I love uh, when Columbus players play in Columbus. So if Jack Roslovic wants to play here for the rest of his life, like, I'm fine with that. But it'll be... It'll make for an interesting contract negotiation in a couple of years. Um, but the other thing as well is um, I feel like I'm talking about him like he's basically washed up already. Uh, he's only 25. You know, this is his... He's just finished his fourth full season in the league. You know, he's still... 
he's still pretty young. Like he's still developing. Like is has he maybe hit his peak at 20, 22 goals and 45 points? Maybe. But everyone on the Blue Jackets, it was it's weird. I've talked about this before. Everyone on the Blue Jackets basically had a career high, but also the team offense was universally low. So honestly, I could see another 20 goal season and uh, maybe potentially like a 60-point season from Ross Lebeck. Uh, if he ends up on that top line, I could see him hitting 70 or 80. But I'm looking for, in a perfect world, I'm looking for 60 points from Ross Lebeck, playing on the second or third line, um, potentially between, uh, I don't know, Nyquist and, uh, oh, who else are our wingers? Potentially between like Nyquist and um, Marchenko. Potentially that could be... Uh, that could be an interesting line combination. It's I don't know. It's it's way too early to be like, well, this these are the centers we have, and these are the defect, the winger pairings that we're going to play with them. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but that's kind of what what I'm looking at is putting between Nyquist and one of the younger wingers, maybe Marchenko, maybe someone else. Who knows? Maybe someone will come into training camp and really surprise everyone. But um, oh, I should give him a, a grade for the season. Um, I'm going to give him a B. I think I was going to do a Twitter poll and then I completely forgot. Um, and I'm actually recording this on Sunday night, so it's uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him a B. I think career highs in everything. Um, I think he was so, so close to kind of hitting the level that we want him to be at. But he made really good strides from the previous season. And, you know, he was pretty good the previous season as well. Um, is he shooting a little high at the minute with 20 goals? Yeah, he's about 3% above his uh, career shooting percentage. But, like... It's fine. Third, uh, sixteen is maybe a scooch too high, but we'll uh, we'll allow it. Um, so yeah, I'm giving him a B, uh, and that is, I think, a fair a fair grade. If you disagree, then uh, throw it in the comments and and let me know. So that's that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, we're not going to have a show tomorrow now that it is officially the off season over here. Uh, Blue Jack- Lockdown Blue Jackets is going down to three episodes a week. So there will likely be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So our next episode will be on Wednesday. We're going to be sitting down with Tony Ferrari, uh, draft expert. Uh, he's been on the show a bunch of times before. And uh, we're going to be talking about his article that he did about the Columbus uh, draft pool or prospect pool, I guess, uh, how deep it is, what the weaknesses are, um, some prospects that he's really in, in, interested in on the Blue Jackets. And uh, we're also going to do a little bit more of a breakdown of kind of the the later rounds of the draft. Because I feel like we've talked quite a lot about Juracek and Matejchuk, but not a lot about the other guys. So we're going to take a quick look at those guys. We're talking to Tony on Wednesday's episode. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. Uh, free and available there as well. You're never going to have to get behind a paywall for a locked on product. So uh, check it out. You know where to find us. I've been Jeff Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until Wednesday, make sure you stay locked on.